Part 1 Labor Day Ganesh Chaturthi Monday, September 2nd, 1996 Man's character is his fate. Heraclitus The universe is transformation. Our life is what our thoughts make it. Marcus Aurelius Antoninus Prologue She was alone on a beach, her uniform hot under a blazing sun. Her boots squelched through the wet sand as she waded out, gun-drawn. A towering wave suddenly raced toward shore, sweeping her off her feet. She grabbed for a log floating past. Not a log, but a body. The fish-nibbled face turning to stare at her. She tried to push the thing away, but it stuck to her fingers, pulling her down. RCMP Constable Danusha Dranchuk, Serious Crimes, Vancouver Island Division, awoke with a pounding heart and a tight grip on her buzzing alarm clock. It was 6 a.m. on Labor Day Monday. She silenced the alarm and lay still, trying to breathe through the panic as her therapist had recommended. In and out, in and out, until her pulse slowed, her stomach unnodded, and the face faded. Stupid buzzer, it was all her own fault. Exhausted by a frustrating case in which she'd finally made an arrest in the wee hours, she'd completed her paperwork and fallen into bed without turning off the alarm. Now she was too wired to fall asleep again. She turned on the bedside lamp and wrote down as much of the dream as she could remember, her stomach clenching again as she described the drowned face. Cheeks and nose nibbled away, but lips and eyes beckoning her into the depths, bits of seaweed clinging to tangled gray hair. The face by turns, that of the suspect she'd shot the year before, her Winnipeg ex-lover, her father. What would her therapist make of that, she wondered. Enough of that. She stuffed her notebook into the nightstand drawer. Her first day off in three weeks stretched invitingly before her. A long cycle ride with a gang from work on the Galloping Goose Trail to stretch her muscles. Then dinner with Arthur to stretch her mind. What more could she want? On a quiet street, not far from Danusha's apartment in downtown Victoria, Corporal Surinder Sharma, head of Island Division Forensics, roused himself from Savasana, stowed his yoga mat, and joined his mother at the kitchen shrine. Setting the photo of his dead sister, Sita, back in its place, Aji took a few grains of brown rice in her fingertips and looked up at him, waiting for his signal. The fire already burned in the copper pan. At precisely 6.32, just as the sun popped over the horizon, bathing lower Vancouver Island in golden light, he nodded, and together they chanted, Surya Yasvaha, Aji flicking the rice grains into the fire. Suryaya idam namama, Prajapatisvaha, another offering of rice. Prajapati idam namama. Their voices becoming one with the flames, one with the healing ash.
As he stood watching the flames die down, Sharma brought each of his troubles from the recesses of his heart. The old sorrow about his sister Sita, his worries about his sons, his uneasiness about the truce he'd engineered between his mother and his niece, and mentally cast them into the fire, silently repeating, This belongs to the sun, not to me. The morning coolness burned off. Across the water at the tip of a peninsula southwest of the city, the afternoon sun beat down on William Head Institution, reflecting off the guard tower and blanking out the windshield of a car turning into the prison grounds. Hearing the engine's low hum, Richie Taylor dropped his armload of firewood onto the stack and moved closer to the chain-link fence. This was not a tourist destination.